Welcome to Living Goddess with Shamali God Arda. Listen in for goddess mythology, wisdom teachings, and intimate sharings from her daily practice and contemplations. Shamali illuminates the Shakti keys stitched into the fabric of our daily lives and inspires us to reclaim a pulsating intimacy with Source and revive our spiritual lineage rooted in the living goddess. It is a beautiful day here in Corfu in Greece. We are in week two of our summer ashram. Women from all over the world coming together to explore our intimacy with the goddess. In the last episode, I told the myth about Gaia and Uranus. Just go back and listen to that one if you didn't do already. And we learned how Uranus, in great fear and rejection of Mother Earth and all her fierce emotion, he escaped up above and also rejecting the monstrous children in the basement. And up above, he found a safe place and a kind of a abstract sense of self split off from earth and all the mess here. And I also spoke about how our spirituality is very Uranus centered, that there has been built mountains of dogmas centered around this kind of belief system that our peace and freedom and spirituality is found away from body, away from earth, away from the feminine, away from goddess. And today I would like to explore this dynamic also in the context of a psychological term called attachment theory. Now, full disclaimer, I'm not a psychologist, so of course everything I explain about this theory is going to be limited, but I hope that I can weave it back to something that makes sense in terms of our spiritual path. So attachment theory is a theory about human evolution that simply tells us, reminds us that who we are is relational that we are in constant relationship with our surroundings that and the way we are shaped as individuals depends on how we were cared for and the relationships we had around us at the very early age so we are relational even if we are not together with other humans we are in constant relationship with air and the trees that make oxygen, the waters in our bodies, the food digesting, the fire digesting in the stomach, the elimination. We are in constant relationship, even though we have been trained in the kind of modern worldview that humans are somehow isolated from the rest of the the cycle of life. Again, a Uranus worldview. So, in attachment theory, they speak about three attachment styles that are shaped very early in our lives and that determined how our adult lives will unfold. These are attachment styles and behaviors that get wired in our brains very early on. But the good news is, of course, that our brains are very 
malleable and constantly seek to rewire itself. But without awareness, these already wired behaviors would just play themselves out automatically. So the three attachment style they speak about is first a secure attachment, and this is somehow the, you know, the most healthy and secure attachment is created by the baby having consistent loving care and uh, including care that allows the baby to be who they are. And a person with a secure attachment style would then move into its adult life, creating healthy, loving relationships and feeling safe to take risks and go for their creativity. A second attachment style is called insecure attachment. And this is a attachment style that we would recognize in an adult uh, being a person being more needy, more insecure, needing more reassurance that love will not leave, fear of abandonment, and also more adaptation, more leaving ourselves to fit in, to please, so that we will, uh, you know, so we will secure that we get the love that we, we as children, were absolutely dependent on having. And then the third attachment style is avoidant attachment style. And this is when we see ourselves kind of buckling up. We, we put up an armor. We avoid to come too close to others. We have created somehow a persona that is more individualistic, less dependent. I can do it myself, but which also can hinder us to, to have real intimacy with others. So looking at these attachment styles, it's easy to recognize Uranus in the avoidant attachment style. And remember that most of our religions and spiritual paths are created out of this Uranus belief system. So we are basically looking at a lot of spiritual paths that are based on, that are created out of avoidant attachment styles, that is created out of a deep wound in us that does not trust our own bodies, that don't trust our own mother, that doesn't, don't trust our place in the world and have to create this armor now with spiritual clothes on that tells us that we can be exempt from it all if we just practice enough or pray enough then we will transcend up away from here and be free we can also recognize the insecure attachment style in uh, in spiritual paths and religions that asks us to give away our spiritual authority and our spiritual source is placed upon an outer authority and that our spiritual path is basically to try to be good, good enough, worthy enough to maybe receive some of that love and, and, and source that we intuitively know that we are 
absolutely dependent upon and we do anything to get it. So in the goddess path, we are not entering this path, all of us, with a secure attachment to the goddess. It's, it's important to recognize the water we are swimming in and how we have been shaped in the world that we very early are trained out of the connection to ourselves, out of our more wilder feelings, our intuition, our senses below the senses. All of this has very little space in what we would call an adapted, well-behaved human child. So we we all have different variations of avoidance and insecure attachment style to our own spiritual source. One of the hopeful, very hopeful parts of the research done in psychology is that what harms attachment the most is not necessarily that we do mistakes as parents, for example. Of course, if it's consistent over time, it will create wiring. That's just how it works. But they speak about the importance of repair. That instead of parents being perfect all the time, that to have parents making mistakes but then making repair is actually a more powerful way to establish secure attachment. <laughs> and of course, this is not to say that abusive behavior and any, any, any of that is, is uh, preferable. But it is hopeful in the sense that if we aim to be perfect parents, it wouldn't actually teach the child that human beings do mistakes and that we still can love each other. So it creates somehow a pressure upon the child that they have to never do a mistake and then they can keep the love. So when we do some mistakes and we do repair, the child gets the message that, oh, I am still loved, we can still love each other, we can make mistakes and our home base and security with each other is not taking, taken away. Love is not taken away. Connection is not taken away, even though we do mistakes. And this kind of approach is what we bring into our path when we begin our repair work. We begin to see the ways that we have abandoned ourselves, where we have become servants of belief systems that basically are circling back, judging ourselves. We have internalized patriarchal worldview that 
has a certain way of vilifying and looking at the feminine as a problem to be fixed. We've created society system where there's little space for the wilderness of our inner nature and our wild instincts and intuition, our magic. But when we in our practice begin first to acknowledge all the ways that we also left with Uranus, all the way we have internalized this kind of fear and vilification of, of the goddess, it's heartbreaking, but it is an important process for us to become real and to have the possibility to not only create new belief systems, like now I'm going to believe in goddess as, oh, she's so wonderful, but to actually begin to embody and live in goddess. We have to allow for rewiring to happen in the physical and also in the metaphysical energetic body. So to acknowledge the ways that we have been complicit and of course also the ways we have been victims of this is a first step. And when we acknowledge this, we bring with us our own loving presence to cultivate our own loving presence is essential in our path presence is the magic key presence is what creates this space around our experiences that gives us choice that gives us the possibility to practice at all so loving presence we cultivate in our meditation in our singing in our dancing bringing presence into the body loving presence cultivated in meditation is particularly helpful because we are sitting still and we are allowing thoughts and feelings and sensations to come and go and it's easier for us to then begin to fall into the loving presence that is permeating all of this but not so easily moved as all of these fleeting feelings and thoughts and sensations. Although they are made of the same thing. It's like we are instead of riding each wave up and down, up and down, jumping on this wave, resisting this wave, grasping this wave, we are resting in a deeper ocean where we can engage with the waves, but we are still rooted in a deeper self. Now, in many spiritual paths, loving presence has become, again, a kind of a doorway out of here, as if I'm going to just rest in loving presence and not engage with thoughts and feelings, as if thoughts and feelings are problems to be fixed. But in our path, we practice to receive loving presence into our whole system. And then we begin to realize that, oh, this ocean of loving presence that is in my being is like a portal into universal presence into goddess herself so as i am opening my body my receiving loving presence into my feelings i'm receiving goddess herself and i begin to see that oh all of these waves that i can experience as so very separate from her when they get really stagnant and and sticky and unwanted 
that they are made of the same stuff as the most uh, peaceful, spacious aspect of her. So our practice is to then bring loving presence into the acknowledgement of where we have abandoned ourselves. And this, the loving presence and compassion, it, they are essential tools in our path. Because if not, on this, at this edge of practice, we may go into self-blame and shame instead. And that is not, it's like a kind of an impasse. It's a, it's a dead-end street. It's a loop that has no resolution in itself. And blame and shame are, are oftentimes just embedded in these wounds. That they are part of the wounds themselves. So again, with loving presence, we bring awareness into the places we have abandoned ourselves, places we have idolized dogmas and belief system that that basically is against our own very own nature and our, our and our goddess. And with a lot of love and patience, we begin to retrieve what has become wired into these non-beneficial tracks. We are retrieving energy that has been frozen into these belief system. Loving presence is like a heat, like a spiritual heat that melts these more seemingly solid expressions of energy, like belief systems. I am like this. I'm not like that. You know, those are very uh, common and natural ways that energy can coagulate when we are molded in to fit into certain uh, perspectives and worldviews. But in our practice, we are not trying to create new belief systems. We are bringing the spiritual heat to these ice cubes and then they return to the movement of the ocean, waves coming and going without us having to leave the ocean and move into one wave and say, this is me, and then look at everything else as objects and other. So to establish, repair, secure attachment, it, we, we start with our bodies, with our breath, and with our connection to earth. I mean, the body is earth. So this is a portal in to remember our relational nature. And for someone who is avoiding attachment, that can be terrifying because it feels like as if I am now dissolving into, into a, a, a field and that can feel very frightening if we have wounding there which most of us have. So again, the loving presence is an essential tool we bring with us where we risk to, to descend from that abstract Uranus consciousness that I can do it myself, I'm on my spiritual path, I'm going to one day reach the goal. And we descend down into a relational field and for the separate self, that can feel like death, like I'm losing myself, when in fact, this is the only way we can find ourselves. It can feel like for the abstract self, the separate identity, I'm losing my freedom by merging with the field, when in fact, 
this is the only way we can find true freedom. From psychology, we see that someone with secure attachment is the one that is most free in life. You may have heard, you know, there are many kind of child-rearing theories that has been popular throughout times. I grew up in the 70s where there was this Dr. Spock that everybody was reading his books. And he was uh, very uh, clear that after three months you stop breastfeeding and you should not spoil the child with too much love. That would harm the child and it would be uh, overly dependent on its adults. And of course, that just created a lot of very, very, very insecure and avoidant attachment people. Uh, because if, uh, if you love a child, or like in my, my uh, case, I also, I'm, I'm training, you know, I have, have, I'm fostering dogs. And it's the same principle there, that if you love uh, a little one, fully and you are there for them that they know that you are there for them and when they go and take a little step out in the world they know that you will be a safe place to return this being will in the beginning look like they're more dependent on the caregiver and as if they are not able to do life themselves but if one follow that process through it's proven that you can measurably see that that human would be more free in their lives because when that process is completed in a natural and beautiful way that bonding with the parent will establish that secureness and secure base within the child later adult that they carry with them wherever they go I mentioned dogs. <laughs> I used to. I, one time, I was fostering three puppies, and it was a, uh, it was uh, a full time job. <laughs> uh, and I was just a foster family for the puppies before they could be adopted away. And I remember at a certain point, the puppies were very attached to me. They were following me everywhere. They were very, very, very uh, surrendered to me, and they opened in more and more and more trust. And I, I, I remember I started to question if this was healthy. Uh, maybe I should create a little bit more distance between me and them since they were going to be adopted to another family. They were not going to stay with me. And I was afraid that this was going to create a trauma for them. But then again, I realized that this capacity to trust, this capacity to lean upon another, this capacity to receive support, is something that these little beings would bring with them wherever they go because it's something that happens within them. It looks like they are clinging on to me, but in that process, they are establishing that secure base within themselves. And of course, for dogs, this happens much quicker than for humans, for humans are the animal that needs the most time for this to happen. So when we surrender, we descend from that 
kind of disembodied, abstract, isolated sense of self that is created by our belief system, we descend down into a felt sense of life and we begin to trust our bodies again. We begin to trust our capacity to be present with more and more aliveness flowing through our bodies without leaving ourselves. We are establishing this secure attachment within ourselves that gives tremendous freedom. In one way, this is when we can fully, fully expand into cosmic consciousness because our roots are solid and dependable. This is why I love the maps of the world tree that we find in so many spiritual, mystical traditions where it shows us how we, as we are developing on our spiritual path, we begin to rise and our branches are reaching far and we begin to see with a wider perspective. We have more vista, more view, more choices. Our sense of self expands from just being a little ant at the roots, becoming the whole tree. And we can reach far into the cosmos without leaving the roots because roots in the mother is what's giving nourishment to all of this. On our way down, we may meet a lot of fear and a lot of mistrust and a lot of doubt because it can feel as if I am now going, now going down. Am I going to be stuck here forever? Am I going to now be lost down in the muddy roots forever? And this is where we need a, a little trust. And also, for me, the goddess mythology, the different stories, they, they, show, they show us maps of how we retrieve parts of ourselves and how we can do this descent. And I will, in this podcast, share many of these maps that can give us a framework for this, uh, these practices and this repair work so that we can establish secure attachment in mother, in earth, and in, in loving presence, in our source connection. I remember when I was, I was sharing with you a shift in my consciousness when 9-11, the terrorist attack hit Manhattan, that shifted my spiritual path into more into the goddess circles and into this very embodied path and I remember the shift within me that there was a sense of realizing that the love that I had been trying to get from the outside in in very much uh, insecure attachment movement that I was in right then, trying to modify myself, trying to seduce, trying to get love from the outside. And there was this realization that changed everything when I realized that, oh, that which I was seeking out there is who I am. And not as a fancy quote or anything. It was a very simple and revolutionary realization. And the experience for me was that my whole being turned within 
And it was as if I finally latched on to the nipple of the real nourishment of the mother of goddess. It was this sense of, there you are. There it is. It was a, it was an experience of full attachment. <laughs> which was the opposite than the belief systems that I had been taught around spiritual awakening, where there is that kind of sense of, I'm out of here, transcending away from it all. Yay, I'm free. <laughs> which, by the way, we probably will do after we, when the body dies. Yeah? But we are here in this body and that there's this invitation and opportunity to explore what, it, what is this portal that is the human body, the human experience? What if this is the, 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 the golden gate into the heaven that we think is out there. Remember that in the beginning of the myth of Gaia and Uranus, they were one. Uranus was inside her. He had permeated her. Heaven was found inside her. And remember that the story of them fragmenting like that didn't actually happen. It happened only in the human mind. And we live in the horrendous aftermaths of this kind of uh, distortion that started to happen in the human consciousness. Of course it never happened because there is no division. There is no separation between air and earth. Air is earth. Earth is air. It's made of the same building blocks, made of the same source. So my experience of spiritual awakening that changed my life forever, that really changed the trajectory of my life, that opened a thousand doors that just keeps on opening, was an experience of full attachment, finally, to the goddess, to my own source. And here I could drink from this nourishment. I still can, it still pours into me and through you and through all of us at all times I just had been overlooking it in all my activities and busyness of trying to get it elsewhere and in the in the kind of painful now looking at it afterwards endeavor of trying to push away the very source push away the goddess, push away the body, push away feelings, push away the children in the basement, push away the very source that would give me everything that I ever longed for. And it was an experience of attachment that was a portal to the greatest freedom that I could ever imagine. And since then, my, my work, my path, my practice has been about bringing this source nutrition, this secure attachment into every exile part of me, every part that left with Uranus, every part that was pushed in the basement. And that takes some time. It's the realization of source and the love that comes through is instant. It happens outside time and space. 
But the embodiment of this is, uh, in my experience, a lifelong practice. That there are, like I spoke about in the beginning, there are parts of us that are behaviors and belief systems that were created so early that it was even before we even had words for it. They're just wired in our physicality. And so it takes some time to establish enough secure attachment for these very, very deep parts of us to come to the surface, to come to peek their little head up from the basement and say, can I belong to? And this is not something we can force. We approach it from the other direction. We feed the security, we feed the source, we feed the resources, we feed that sense of home in ourselves. So we create the, enough coziness, enough safety, enough loving kindness, enough presence for, for parts, all parts of us eventually to come up and belong to the family. And when I say all parts of us, I don't think it's ever an end to this because my experience is that the more welcoming home I create within my own being, uh, there are little heads coming up that belongs to my ancestors. And more and more parts are coming up. Can I come too? Can I come too? Because this goddess path is not necessarily an individual path. We are doing our, our part through you know each one of us, through the vehicles that we have. But like I said, the more we descend and, and come into connectivity and relationship with ourselves and lives, we begin to see that we are all in a part of a universal web and that we each have a little thread in it, and that whatever healing work we are doing in our little thread is affecting the whole web. And to be a wisdom keeper on the goddess path is also to, is to, to do healing also for our future generations. A lot of what we, the, the seeds we are planting today we will not see the fruit of in our lifetimes, but we keep planting and feeding and nurturing the seeds so that our daughters, daughters, daughters can have apples to bake their pie. <laughs> and likewise, I also have the experience that it goes back in time, that one think about time less linear, but more like a web that we affect also points in the web that we perceive as being the past. I will speak more about the web, the virid, in a future episode. But for now, I just want to leave this little contemplation with you. Just ask yourself how perhaps avoidant attachment style or insecure attachment style has infiltrated your spirituality, how you are, have internalized some of these, some of these dogmas and belief system that is actually attacking your very own aliveness and your own true nature. Thank you for listening to Living Goddess. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend and follow, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.